1: The time is eight o'clock a.m. Right on the nose. It's, uh, it's Thursday, the thirtieth of June. the nice morning outside. Uh, we've got great guests. We did some. We did some of the good things today. We learned that when you get your guests coffee and water, they are pliable. The word of the day is pliable. P-l-i-a-b-l-e. That's right. Imagine if I would have got that wrong. How are you guys doing? Fabulous. Great. Great, right. Great right. to be here. Um, so we have the team of Hosel Homes, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Chris Wallace, yep. not Biggie Smalls. But,
2: <laughs> sorry to disappoint this morning. I know you're expecting somebody Do else. Do you rap, man? That- <laughs> uh, oh, not not yet, unless right. he's playing. So, okay.
1: yeah. um, and Carrie K- Hosel. Yeah. That's bad. That's Beth, okay. <laughs> the last time we saw each other was was uh, painting. When was that? As we uh, mentioned. Wow, right. was that?
0: Time That's flies. Yeah, last, last September. September. So wow. almost a year. Yeah. Um,
1: you guys know that the Neighbor Project is a uh, dedicated uh, organization here in our community, and we do great volunteer work, and the team of Puzzle Home here uh, came out and painted with us one day, and we really appreciated that. But anyway, good morning to all of you great listeners, and we're glad to have you guys today.
0: We're so happy to be here on this beautiful day.
1: Um, So we'll talk about real estate. We'll talk about the housing market. Um, You guys can get some great information for our folks, how they can get in contact with you guys um, as well. But I gave a brief introduction. Um, Introduce yourselves and talk a little about where you're from and what you do, and we'll
0: start with you, Karen. Okay, well, thank you so much. It's exciting to be here. Um, I live in Batavia on the east side of town, and um, I I guess I could say I'm the founder of Hosel Homes. Um, uh, it's a wonderful real estate team um, operating out of Keller Williams Inspire in Geneva. Okay. And we are having a fabulous real estate year. It's It's been an interesting market. We've survived a little bit of everything, uh, really. So this this to us is no different, but we are definitely shifting a little bit um, with the, the great climate and the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. But um, we have a really, really fabulous team. Uh, we like to have a lot of fun. We love to help people. We love to guide and navigate them through this Process of buying, selling, renting, or investing, and um, Chris here is my partner in crime. And we have a lot.
1: Good. All right. All right, Chris. Yeah,
2: and Chris Wallace. I um, actually live uh, in Geneva in the Mill Creek neighborhood. Um, been with Holsel Homes for um, just under a year now, um, and a little bit on the newer side to real estate. But one of our four, including Carrie, one of our four agents, and then we have uh, four folks behind the scenes that are very much hands-on with our clients as well. Um, so it's been a, an amazing year so far um, and and for our office for our team for Keller Williams and just for the housing market in general um, you can be really successful as much as the the stigma is that things have been a little crazy out there and it's uh, it's definitely going through some change right now which we can get into so.
1: Um, when it comes to the um, the stigmas and I guess misconceptions are a lot of people when you meet them are they adept Do they know what's going on Do they have even a a, a slight knowledge if they want to buy or sell or do you meet people who are somewhat novices and brand new to the to the uh, to what they're getting into yeah. you know I know that you teach people and guide them along the way so yeah. how is what's that
0: that's a great question and really all of the above you know we really pride ourselves on like a really consultative approach to real estate because everybody's situation is different and it's not a one size fits all we do find that especially in a market like this when things are you know, there's a lot of press out there about what's happening and the you know, the rates and the inventory and people tend to kind of create an emotional response to that. Mm-hmm. And we try to, you know, guide them and get them, you know, just set with what the numbers actually are, try to take the emotion out of it, try to figure out what's best for them. But there's always that like leading and lagging time. Right now we're kind of, you know, like that we're in this leading period where things are changing almost on a daily basis. And we're seeing like the coasts, like the West Coast and the East Coast are really Starting to shift, the inventory's building in the Midwest. We tend to be a little more insulated from those, you know, quick shifts. But we like to really watch what's happening, so we're like one step ahead, so we can make sure to guide people. We're really just trying to take the emotion out of it. And um, and and Chris here, one thing that um, you know he's been fabulous about during the time where we really haven't had much inventory is he's just such a hunter. He gets just obsessed with making sure that the buyers. Find the home of their dreams, and he turns over every stone, and um, and so we're so grateful to have his expertise. And
1: in- so Chris is the, the 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 bloodhound of finding I you know like twice. it. I like it. Is that it? That yeah, I think I
2: think there is um something he said about having. And I um, said that was
1: full. I love dogs, so I, that was not yes. A that was no. not yes at all.
2: No, well, that's no, his I, new
0: nickname I, now. So thank you. Yeah, okay.
2: I needed one. No, if anything, it's a compliment. I think that um, I've worked with close friends of mine and people that you know maybe came to one of our open houses that I've had a chance to meet that, um, and a lot of folks, they come to an open house, they're kind of casually looking, and again, they read maybe a blog or they hear something on the radio or on a podcast about what's going on in the housing market or a friend of theirs just bought and realizes interest rates are now in the sixes and things like that, and, and it, until you put all of the, the pieces to the puzzle on the table for that specific person, how much down and you know what can they put as far as money down and what exactly is there, what are they looking for? Um, people still need to move um, or have a life change, whether that be work or a newborn or a growing family or just you know downsizing and everywhere in between. So it really is in this market as inventory has been down, um, specifically in greater King County um, and really all over the country, um, for buyers, it's having someone in their back pockets be an extra set of eyes and ears. Um, that's something I, I enjoy doing. Um, it, it's kind of fun for me. and you know, Obviously, you get to a table similar to this, and you're closing and getting the keys and things like that. That's obviously the most rewarding part for them. But mm-hmm. the journey along the way is, is obviously the critical piece to make that all happen. So,
1: so two things. Um, well, before we get to those two things, I want to talk about, you mentioned the ships mm-hmm. and the coasts. Can you explain that a little bit more?
0: Yeah, yeah. so we talk about the shift. The shift just means that the market itself is shifting. We are in what we define as like an extreme seller's market. The month supply of home is something that we track um, really on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And it just gives us a barometer for what what does it look like. So the month supply of homes is if every single home sold, right, how long would it take to have zero homes on the market? And in Kane County, that number has been less than a month which might not make any sense to you or to some people, but generally speaking, a balanced market is like a three to five month supply of home. So when you have less than one month, you know that that is just like really critical. At some point, I think at some point in the last few months, it's been less than two weeks. So and, and there's really strong buyer demand. What some people don't realize is that about 33 years ago, we had the second largest baby boom in U.S. history, and the average age of a first-time home buyer is 34 so when you have that really low inventory and really strong demand it creates like a tidal wave right. so and the rates were also historically low so you know the fed had you know kept that the lever down on rates to keep our economy booming and keep consumer confidence healthy and and that created such an such a demand for uh, prices to increase okay. because when you have so many people that want the same thing the prices just went up and the buyers were really kind of lapping those price increases up because the rates were so low when you look at affordability as a holistic approach, it wasn't a big deal, right? Like they, you know, the prices were high, but the rates were low, so, so it, was, it was like, okay, well, that's affordable. But now as the rates are increasing, right, because the Fed is now increasing the, the, the lever on those rates because of our inflation, right? Like they're solely interested in kind of calming that down and there's really only one way to do that or that's the best way, and it's, it's happening so fast. The people are nervous, right? And so we're shifting now from an extreme seller's market into what we hope is a soft landing into a more balanced market. Okay. Now, and, and when we see that inventory, though, come on, you know, Las Vegas is, you know, their inventory doubled 50%, you know, in just a short period of time. And so when things like that happen so quickly and the market gets dumped with inventory, we're not sure how that's going to be. Like, are there enough buyers to lap up all of that inventory and let it be kind of an easy, gentle you know, shift into a balanced market. Right. That's what we're trying to wrap our arms around every day, and just understand what that means for a buyer right now, for a seller right now. Um, we always use like the analogy of a roller coaster. Like when you're going up the roller coaster, you're excited and everything looks really good, and you're like, "Oh look!" And then the people going down it happens so fast, right. and their stomach is in their chest, and they're like, you know, scared. And um, so sometimes it feels like that in real estate. When, when the shifts happen quickly, but we're yeah. we're hopeful that it's going to be, um, like I said, a little bit more of a soft landing, but determined.
1: You'll be determined. Oh, mm-hmm. TBD. TBD. TBDizzle. <laughs> TB and
2: Carrie triggered, me on, uh, <laughs> Carrie triggered <laughs> me on analogies. That's like my go-to. I love a
0: good analogy. I feel like
2: right now <laughs> the best analogy to use is like a sixth grade dance at a school Mm -hmm. where the boys and the girls are on opposite sides you know kind of thing (laughs) and that's the sellers and the buyers right now like i'm working we're working constantly with both sides and the sellers very much are on one side saying like how should we price our home like there's just not quite enough data to say like we can't reach and really list high right um and so and the buyers are kind of like rates are really high so what are you going to do mr and mrs seller to account for that as well so yeah, I think we're waiting and like yeah. we're waiting for the right song to come on so that everyone can kind of get back idea. on the dance floor, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah but I don't know what you can queue up to make that happen. Yeah. But, you know, we're out seeing homes and the buyers are like, this is priced like it was a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. And the rates obviously are up, you know, significantly in a very short period of time. And the sellers have to come down and kind of meet the buyers there. And, and even right. the homes come on. Price reductions are more and more common, but even the price reductions are a little bit here, a little bit there. Sellers quite haven't gotten their heads around the fact that we are past you know, kind of the peak. In, in Aurora in particular, I feel like Aurora as far as inventory is a little late to the party this year and things picked up okay. into April and May. Um, and then now as we head into June, things have flatlined a little bit in Aurora in terms of just number of homes on the market. Um, and then, as homes sit and new homes come on, that's where you see the inventory pick up, and now the competition's picked up while the buyer pool maybe has gone down. So um, things are going to continue to be interesting, really, over the next few months um, between now and Labor Day. Um, will be really interesting to see what happens to rates, but also what happens to um, you know the homes that are on the market or soon to come. So,
1: okay. And when it comes to that, getting that 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 quick up to date pertinent knowledge of of the rates you guys are in the industry how do you do that what's the mechanics of that is it is there an email that comes i mean i'm on the outside looking in kind of thing with it like how how does that happen
0: yeah good question because there's a lot of data that comes in right so you have to sort of look at it um, it's in the news a lot
1: too i know a lot of that yeah
0: and and it's hard we have a um we've got great partners that really help us because it's it really is a team approach right so lenders are a big important part of this piece of the puzzle because they every day we have a lender partner that sends us an email and says here where the rates are doing today and you know it fluctuates. Um and so trying to understand that, but then when you look at the data, again that's a lagging indicator, right? Because you know, we're looking at a few weeks in right. the past. Um and so it's just trying to get ahead of those trends has been really important and it's been interesting to, to watch because we haven't really seen a lot of change. I would say the biggest thing that we've noticed, you know, we have a micro view of the macro market. We'll close around a hundred plus homes this year. Yeah. Um so somewhere around like forty five to fifty million in um volume. But you know I can look back and say, oh gosh, on Monday we get together with our team, and it's like, okay, instead of 40 offers, you know, then it's like 20 offers and 15 offers. Now, this past weekend we had two bidding wars, and it was four offers and two offers. So it's, you know, I'm starting to see things cooling a little, um, but it's really, a, I, and I and I caution some, you know, buyers and sellers, just to, you know, just make sure they're hiring an agent that is, you know, really, watching what is happening and getting them into this time without you know just without a game plan right do
1: people i mean how common is it that people have no game plan honestly i mean you know honestly
2: on both sides um both sellers and buyers it's interesting and for the
1: benefit of anybody listening yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah.
2: Um, a game plan is absolutely critical and i think you need to get that from multiple sources. I mean, a lot of folks sometimes come to us with a game plan based on knowledge they've gained from friends or family members. And, you know, sometimes they get that knowledge from someone in Ohio or in a completely different market or from Ray told
1: me. Yeah. (laughs) Like,
2: you know, exactly. Yeah. My cousin sold their house pretty smart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: Like great guy, but he sold his house last October and the market was different in February. So let alone now. So I think, you know, on this, on the listing side, that's where our approach is, is really hands-on and also helps guide them and see the whole process because everywhere from staging, and we have a licensed stager on our team, uh, Katie, who's amazing, all the way from uh, that to the closing table, understanding that whole process is key. Um, I actually recently sold uh, my childhood home with my parents um, and they lived there for 33 years. The last time they did a real estate transaction, um, selling a house was 33 years ago. Um, so sometimes people, and that's great, you know, you plant roots and you stay for a long time. Um, it's a little more common now where people maybe house jump a little bit more or relocate for work, but you do have a lot of sellers that just haven't been through this process in so long um that you really are doing it for the first time all over again. And it's an emotional experience too. And then the buy side, you know, the strategy is key because a lot of buyers are starting to put their hands up and exit the market and just kind of hit pause Um, and I typically encourage them like hey keep keep one foot in um, because everyone else is leaving so if there's some opportunity there you know it doesn't mean you have to do something you normally wouldn't but you know there might be still some opportunities just kind of stay the course um, if if they can and that's something they're comfortable with so um, both sides it's key
1: what it feel like uh, selling your childhood home uh, I was I was there yesterday
2: and it was empty um, and uh, it was it was question. just me there thankfully yeah. um, so no one can see me but it was it was definitely a, um, I grew up all the way up in Lake Zurich so a good hour hour and twenty from here but um, but yeah it was it was an emotional process for sure
1: and just like shed the last little bit of tears in the yeah clear. yeah <laughs> exactly. I feel
2: you man no, I, I, you know, I, wait, I, we got
1: I, a clap uh, button for that brother we got a button for that yeah don't don't uh, <laughs> going oh, yeah, Okay, <laughs> okay, okay.
2: We'll it's yeah. early, so yeah. if it was late in the day, yeah. maybe. But yeah. you got me in a we'll good time. No, um, but uh, <laughs> that's like,
1: you know that's the kind of stuff that people people. Well, you guys are you know the human element of it too. I'm sure it is emotional for some people to buy and sell a home that they've lived in, or maybe they don't want to. In a project, we do a lot of folks who uh, they may have health problems. Mm-hmm and now it's time to, yes, leave the home and perhaps go to a, a facility.
0: Mm, yes.
1: And they just do not want to do that, any kind of thing. Well, I need wheat bread. Do they have wheat bread? It's like, <laughs> sir, you know? And But um, with all, you know, it, it is a, it's an emotional uh, time and period. Uh, good morning to all of you great people. If you're just tuned in, look who's here, the Marine Corps League auxiliary of the fox river valley is that you guys good morning good morning aurora right back to you we have a great guest we have the team of hosel holmes here in the studio with us today dan barrero's is here good morning william miller the third good morning and saul olivas good to see all of you great guys out there yeah this is uh good stuff i hope that you're learning get your uh get your coffee and Honey, come take a, they're, they're talking about rates right now. Let's take some notes and uh, and get prepared. Um, so let's talk about um, St. Charles and Batavia Air. Well, where's the office located, your main office? So
0: our office is actually right on 3rd Street in downtown Geneva. Downtown Geneva, Color okay. Williams Inspire, the dangerous location. You can just walk outside and get into all kinds of trouble. I've seen it. Yeah, it's
1: uh. And all kinds of trouble financially. Like I need that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's uh it's really, really nice down there. It really is. nice down there. So let me see if I can use some of the lingual and jargon here. How's the inventory? in geneva okay. oh i love it right I okay it.
0: yeah so yeah so that's like part of the tri-cities um that we look at so batavia geneva mm-hmm. and st charles the tri-cities and then along the fox river okay corridor um but the interesting thing is it you know it, it's all very similar it's low and and i would say and you know this you know because we talked about it like an hour ago but batavia in particular just really been historically low, right. you know, and it's funny when you look at the tri-cities, you know, um, St. Charles has always had, and we look at like the median like the median price points, right, and so um, just to get an idea of trends, and the median price in St. Charles is always a little bit on the higher side compared to Geneva and Batavia because they have a lot of big, big executive homes on acreage lots. And then Geneva has been like steady Eddie, right? They have, I always tease like they have that zip code thing. They're very, it's, you know, a little prestigious, you know, being downtown Geneva, people are very desirable. When we get relocation clients that don't know anything about the area, they say Geneva or Naperville. (laughs) That's just kind of what people have um, heard. And then Batavia tended to be a little bit on the lower side, more of a first time home buyer price point, medium price point. And then that's really increased in the past, you know, um, five to seven years. Um, which i think has a lot to do with where the buyers are because we had a lot of more first-time homebuyer in you know um, uh, part of this segment of the population so that did kind of drive batavia's median price up a little bit but they're all really really low right now i mean every every area and what we found that was interesting with the pandemic was you know what people desired switched so quickly so for a long time the trends were oh i don't want a big yard i want to have Experiences, not things. I want to go live and travel and I don't want to handle maintenance. So things started to get like smaller. People wanted smaller homes and just getting down to like, you know, the basics. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like exactly what people desired switched. And it seemed like overnight people wanted space and they wanted home offices and they wanted land because if they got locked up again, they wanted to feel like they could breathe. Right. So we so that those properties um, that you know had the acreages in the land got super popular, whereas before they were, you know, not as not as in demand. So it's just a funny thing how you know it just kind of switched overnight and that luxury inventory really kicked out. And a lot of people found themselves oddly, um, you know, with the pandemic, you know, in a in a good financial position, some people. So it drove that, you know, those prices up
1: well um so with with and with that experience and that that chunk of information um because i was going to ask this question later on but this is a great segue what's the biggest impact do you believe that the pandemic had and is it that people had more money to spend or or, or what else do you think was a, a big uh, impact of yeah, the pandemic?
0: yeah really good question um i would love to see what you think about it too it's just you know, I just remember back when we went shelter in place, and I, I was joking like, "But not!" I was—we like, were kind of in the fetal position, like scared. We had 16, 17 homes under contract, and I didn't know if we could even close. People thought the title companies were going to close. We couldn't be together in person, and it was just—it was such a, an odd, scary time. And then, of course, Illinois said we're essential, and then suddenly people got back to it, and it just—it's just interesting how it flipped so quickly. Um, but I think that people. You know, just in the housing industry specifically, just kind of got back to their roots. Like they, um, one of the, if you look at like the top ten reasons people move, one of them that I thought was a fun thing to talk about was called the Mayberry effect. The Mayberry. Effect. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? No. Well, it's it was kind of like people were leaving urban areas a little bit more and and desiring to be like you know the um, like the Andy Griffith show you know Mayberry like moving out to Iowa. Okay. And yeah. just and and just getting back to like almost just a very. Um, I don't even know what would you say what would be the like simple life? simple life yeah there. you know just kind of like evaluating what's important and and um, and getting out to just you know land and mm-hmm. a little bit wider but that was from the housing industry that was an interesting trend that I think is going to continue I don't know what what do you think
2: yeah I mean the perspective I can provide um, which is a little bit different is I bought and sold in late summer of 2020 so pandemic and shelter in place and everything was still, you know, kind of on the upslope. Yeah. Um, and my wife and I had, uh, we lived in the city. We had bought in Logan Square, a new construction condo in 2019, um, which we looked at as a great place to start, but also was gonna be a strong investment as Logan Square had, at the time and still has been building up and booming. Um, and then turn around and it's 13 months later, yeah. Um, we have a newborn and we're, wow. we're ready to, you know, we're, we're just feeling really tight. Didn't need to be in the office downtown. So my wife looked at me and said, should we sell? Um, and I initially said, absolutely not, because we'll take a hit on a new construction condo a yeah. year later. Um, and long story short is with the rates and how favorable they were, our affordability was much higher than we thought it would be that quickly in our journey as homeowners. And that opened up the door for us to move out this direction, um, and we went through that process during the pandemic. So really, the the impact on the markets was the interest rates, and therefore mm-hmm. that allowed people yeah. to afford much more homes. So now, as rates have gone from the mid fours into the low to mid sixes, in a very really since beginning of May, mm-hmm. um, the the amount of people getting priced out of the three hundred or four hundred thousand dollar range for affordability is in the millions nationwide. Um so that as rates go up a quarter of a percent you start to price out millions of people every time. Yeah, and so, great. you know, that's that's where it's also impacting I think some of the the supply and demand in areas like Batavia where a lot of homes are around that 400,000 or 350,000 price point, um, because a lot of those folks have you know kind of hit pause continue to rent but then you turn around and rent up 30%. Yeah. So you know it really is this push and pull and figuring out are we in a place financially and in our lives to put you know start building some equity or are we do we want to stay put because that just feels more comfortable to us and so that's where just having the education that the average home buyer or possible home buyer doesn't have uh, is where you know, we try to lean in and just provide that via our newsletter or uh, things like this and, and uh, our social media just to make sure people understand what's going on and how to get in touch with us so
1: uh, one of our great listeners, Dan says, "I live in the Marywood part oh, of Aurora, Marywood, and we refer the neighborhood as Mayberry." Oh, <laughs> that is
0: so. I was talking about Marywood yesterday. That is so bizarre. Yep. And how big is Marywood? I'm, i uh,
1: Dan. If you big, can hear that, brother, how big how is, Mary big is Marywood? But, um, I don't think it's very big. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's not sprawling. It doesn't take up a lot of. Glad. I'm not too sure, though. Good
0: question. Okay, yeah, I wonder. Um, and look.
1: Tracy Duran says, on the topic of childhood homes, my sister and I were able to visit our old house on Gates Street when it was up for sale. It was nice to visit. Bit oh. sad, but glad we did it.
0: It's oh. um, fun when it's on the I was, market. I was, right? hosting a, go peek. I was hosting an open house
2: of ours in Wheaton, and the owners, prior to this seller that we worked with, uh, actually came to the oh, open house and were like, oh, we used to live here. We uh, want to see how what they did with the place. Oh it's yeah. it's cool. funny. I mean, some people are I
0: wish I could have done that. Yeah.
2: Some people are fleeing Illinois and going to Florida and doing all these things. But you know, there are quite a few folks. I just met a gentleman yesterday that moved from Tennessee to Illinois, whereas a lot of people are fleeing yeah. to you know places like Nashville and whatnot too. Oh so my it's I so about Nashville. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh.
2: yeah.
0: I'm so glad you said that because one of the other things that was really interesting about the pandemic, because people could work from home so much um, with the way you know remote, um, the remote world was. I we found that a lot of people actually moved back to their hometown from leaving for work, and once they could work remote, we had people coming back, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. I, you know, same kind of emotional.
1: I think that working remote here's, and and this is somewhat slight on top, but I think that the world going remote was for a lot of people perhaps mm-hmm. the best thing that happened to yeah. them. Yeah. Sure. I I you know just at least speaking on a yeah. personal level, my quality of life mm-hmm. with a better work balance, mm-hmm. work life balance yep. got so much uh-huh. better. That's so awesome. much better. Like the ability to send eight emails and quite frankly take a 31 minute power nap. Yeah, right. <laughs> 31, that's the magic number. You know, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Not too much, not yeah. too little, and you, you
0: know.
1: <laughs> Didn't you get I up mean take a quick power shower?
0: Yeah, power shower. Yeah. yeah,
1: And now you're back to, right? Yeah. That was, I mean, instead of just, what, chips in the vending machine yeah, or, right. or whatever. Um, so I can see how maybe perhaps all of those kind of personal human yeah. factors would, would yeah. uh, figure it out in a, in a good way. But there was another question here. That, um, I don't see a lot of for sale signs around. Is that because <laughs> people aren't moving or is it because the home sells so fast? Think you kind of answer that slightly. But but Just that's good morning.
0: That's true. Yeah, they okay. are selling quickly. That's a great point. Um yeah, they are selling so fast. Okay. So fast. Um, that could be part of it. But that, and that's a I love hearing stuff like that because this is what people that's like a perception right and when people start to think oh it must be it must be that there's not a lot of homes on the market or you know people kind of put together their own opinion about the things that they see and hear and feel so it's good to make sure that you know you really do figure out and, and there are little you know pockets of, of you know towns and cities that have mm-hmm. different you know sometimes price points have different days on the market but yeah that's a great observation they're in and they're out <laughs>
1: now I remember Mary, that Marywood area is of yeah. around 20,000 residents oh.
0: 20,000? 20, 20,000 yeah, residents. Ward 1. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I am shocked.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. Emily, okay, good morning. And
1: uh, Tracy Duran, good morning to you as well. So, uh, now, I mentioned the local news that we have. We're going to go to a brief commercial here as I, as, I, <laughs> as I deliver. And, ladies and gentlemen, we got the real... You hear that. <laughs> like, man, he's just not... looking at it, man. He's really... I really got it. Okay, here it is. So, don't forget, you guys, that today is the last day um, for Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantries uh, toiletry donation drive that's going on. Good morning, Aurora. Here we are, one of uh, three lo- other locations with which to drop off stuff. Today is the last day. Uh, remember, mini-sized toiletries—that's what we need for Dad. Many deodorants, many toothbrushes, many packages of wipes. Uh, I can tell you, as a dad, we don't need many nothing. We need to <laughs> get the full bar. Yeah, right? the Costco.
2: And the, me the, yeah.
1: <laughs> Danny's the eight-pack of soap.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, was that? Oh, I thought that was, oh, hello. Um, so, State Rep. Good morning, Barbara Hernandez's office is another uh, location, 540 West to Galena Boulevard, and uh, Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry, 834 North Highland Avenue. State Farm Office 2003 Montgomery Road Suite 101. And uh, good morning, Aurora. We're here at 5 East Downer Place Suite T. Shout out to our friend Christina Campos and everybody else on the staff um, at uh, Marie Wilkins' food pantry. And also, you guys, there was news last night that I saw. um, It appears that the Carsons building on Lake Street, 970 North Lake Street, will be a miscellaneous storage facility. It will be. I know that a lot of residents over there were, they were upset. Oh, we don't need another miscellaneous, just big storage building. Can it be something else? Can it be a, a mall, shopping, food? And it appears it will not be any of that. Um, it will be a shopping center. Neighbors at the city settled too early for what they call a passive development that will not create jobs. It will generate little sales tax. They said city officials failed to fully investigate other options the building and did not communicate with neighbors very well. 187,117 square foot building, been vacant since 2017. Wow. All right, and that's your news, ladies and gentlemen. That is your news here on Good Morning Aurora. Been waiting to say that my whole life, man. Yeah! (laughs) All right, so um, how did the, uh, what's the genesis of Holes of homes. How did it get started? What's the uh, take me to the day
0: before
1: ah, the day, day before, before it got started? Well I we guess decide. I'll
0: have to I guess I'll have to answer that. Yeah, take know. us on that journey. <laughs> That's B C before Chris. Um so it's kind of a fun journey for me. I'll I'll be honest, I um I've always had an interest in, in housing. Okay. And it was funny, my parents, I think, did one thing really well. They did a lot of things great, but one of the things that was just sort of a non negotiable when I was growing up was that, um, when you like if you go off to college or do something, you, you get about one more year in the nest and then you're booted out. So it was always clear that I had to figure out a job and get and buy a house, buy something, buy housing. So um, I had a really awesome family friend who was a real estate agent and made the process super fun and make it look so easy. And so I thought, oh my gosh, this would be so great! I want to be a realtor someday. And um, and I actually ended up bumping into a friend of mine that I went to college with. I went to University of Iowa and he was in commercial real estate. And he said, Carrie, you should come and get your real estate license and come join us in commercial. So I thought, perfect, there's my opportunity. And I did it, and it was a great experience. But what I found, it wasn't relational enough for me. It was just. little too much business and um, the selling cycle was really long and so I thought you know I think it would be a lot more fun to get involved with um, residential but I I waited on that a little bit and I went into a couple different sales areas I worked for a title insurance company and then uh, so I got my license in 2001 and then shortly thereafter um, I decided you know what I'm gonna jump into real estate it was perfect timing I had twins (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, what better time than <laughs> right. to really complicate right life? Right now, yeah. So, <laughs> I thought that I could, ha- I mean, I survived that, right, which was not an easy task. And it kind of gave me a lot of energy and enthusiasm around the fact that, like, you know, I could handle anything. I got really structured with their schedule, and um, I I jumped headfirst into residential real estate. I went to REMAX, and boy, was I was I wrong about <laughs> really? how, how, how easy it looks, right? It was... Um, it was really, it was it was hard, and it was emotional, and I just thought, gosh, this is, you know, I'm leaving my family and my babies, and I'm just not sure, and so I um, I decided, I kind of just made a mental decision to get really purposeful, okay. and, and go through, um, I got into coaching and training, and um, I think the one thing about our industry is, you just, it's not that hard to get a license, and I find that a lot of, um, you know, people just kind of, they kind of wing it, right? And that just wasn't my style or my personality, so. I got really purposeful. Got into coaching, and then um, I found Keller Williams, which is a, just a fabulous brokerage. They really do t- um, invest in their agents. They teach you not only how to sell real estate, but how to be mentally tough. How to. Um, it's really impacted my whole family tree. Um, my you know my twins have a different path because of the things and the things I've been exposed to there. But I went there for the sole purpose of, of building a team because that's really what Keller Williams does best. They teach you how to do it, and for leverage. So I've been blessed to be able to just, one step at a time, build a really great team, starts with a solid foundation. I have a wonderful um, admin who's my business manager, and then I'm blessed enough to have a full-time stager who just works for us, and then I've got a lovely marketing gal who I'm staring at right now, who follows (laughs) us around and takes our videos. Behind the scenes. scenes. Yes, behind the scenes Beth. (laughs) And, um, And then we've got... Um, a fabulous director of operations as well now, who is great because she cracks the whips and keeps us in line. And then, of course, um, Chris, who is just our killer here, our bloodhound. BH. Um, BH, my right-hand <laughs> man. And then we've got Krista Mabry, um, who's actually from North Aurora. And then Krista Bau, who um, we snagged from the Cutco industry, who okay. is just a fabulous whippersnapper. <laughs> um, and, so, and so what I love about building a team is that I'm able to, like we say, be on the right seat on the bus. So I am every day in my highest and best use. And I will tell you right now, it's not like paperwork and details. So like I can be with people and do exactly what I do best. Amen. And everybody else can make sure that the customer experience is spot on and everyone's you know, contributing to do it. Well.
1: Yeah. Um, Dinah Wright, good morning. And uh, Esmeralda Palacios, good morning. Jennifer Palomo, good morning to you. Robin Freeman's here, good morning. You said mentally tough.
0: Mm-hmm. Mindset's everything
1: it is everything but you weren't mentally tough going in you said no. in keller williams but how did they build that
0: yeah so they they just started at the at the core right everyone said like, they really help you discover what your big why is right which is which is kind of a cliche thing to say um but it's it's important to understand like when your two feet hit the ground in the morning like what is it that you're running towards like what is driving you what is it about and I wasn't totally sure when I first started getting into real estate. And people just tried to motivate me by, oh, sell more, like buy more things. And and I realized it's not about money. It really has very little to do about money. It's about being the best, best version of myself, being a great example to my kids. Um, I've discovered that my core values are growth, joy, and legacy. And so I always just want to be 1% better every day. We have a ton of fun on the team because we often say if we're not – Laughing, we might be crying, and then I'm all about just making sure that my um, my kids, you know, are exposed to big thinking and the the um, the knowledge that anything is possible, right? And um, and that's when you know when when Chris came into my world, like we were in full alignment on on that on what what it was about his you know what he wanted to do in his life, and same with everybody on our team. Everybody on the team has a different goal, a different purpose for being there. But if I can, if, I should say, if they can um, be personally fulfilled through our business, then I know that we're winning.
1: Um, I so that, and now's the perfect time to pick up on it. So you guys really, and again, when we met, we it was a nice sunny day. We're out there painting. We're painting a house that folks who don't all speak English They're seeing us doing that work. They're seeing the basics. They're seeing a coat of paint, that kind of thing. You know, there's not many people who are realtors or in the industry who would do that. I'm a media, social media guy. I see a lot of, like, charcuterie boards and (laughs) wine nights, and that's cool but I don't see a lot of giving back activities, Mm -hmm. not knocking those who do and just don't post it. Mm -hmm. But I don't really see a lot of that kind of human level relationship building. Um, And I was really, I'm thankful for all the volunteers who volunteered their time with Mm us. but like I was impressed by you guys. Like that really meant a lot to me because getting some high school students to slap some paint is not the hardest job in the world, mm-hmm. but getting people who have busy lives and who are, um, you know, realtors, and, and that's a little bit more difficult. Like they need to make the time and then dedicate and show that time, and not everybody does that. And I appreciated the heck out of that. I was really impressed by you guys. Like I, and those people in those areas need to see that, yeah, and they 100%. won't forget that and that meant meant a lot so like to have you guys on the show like you guys deserve to be shouted out man like I appreciate that like no you you guys really do like I like all your pictures and everything follow you guys on Instagram like I'm a supporter man because I appreciate
0: that too seriously those people those
1: kids in that window Mm. have never seen that before yeah right you know Mm -hmm. so I I really on behalf of you know the show to, to you guys thanks you guys are doing good work out there yeah
0: we
2: appreciate Um, that and that that resonated with me when i first met carrie and the team and one of the first things that uh carrie and i spoke on was how um and that beth spearheads for us is our monthly give back initiative so sometimes um as we are realtors running around sometimes it is you know doing funds we did a march madness and uh, you know the, the, um, charities, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. the charities were, yeah, the charities <laughs> were at the mercy of the basketball players on the court. But you know the the everyone wins essentially in that sense. Um, um, but it, you know for me that's something I did well before I I met Carrie and the team and with United Way and other organizations and uh, youth and communities, especially in the city. And so that really hit home for me because it can't just be all about buying and selling homes or staying up on the trends. like All those things are important and our clients mean everything to us, but it has to go beyond that. It has to matter more than just the day-to-day of real estate and it's easy to get caught up in all the things that we need to do and the contracts are going in and out and we need to sign this or do this or go to this. And, and so, you know, it's important that we have to set aside that time and um, I think it's, it's easy to have it not happen um, but I think you have to really dedicate the time to it. And I'm somebody that likes variety. And that's yeah. why real estate's been yes, so great. <laughs> no day is the same. Um, and that's been that's been awesome. Um, but I think part of that is because of, you know, different things that we've been able to do and go to food pantries and things like that. Because you have to scratch that itch um, of give back, whether it's time or finances or both, um, to really make you feel like you're completely fulfilled and not just... One lane, one direction. With
1: yeah, man. No, you guys, uh, you guys, you guys don't just talk the talk, man. You guys walk the walk. That's 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 a fact. That is very that is very true. Because you see, you know, you see so much of the. um, I started taking, but you you know, you just see so much of the movement. But I think people really do miss like the human element, and it's the human element that I really like care about. That's why you know I asked about the 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 beginning of the yeah. story of proposal homes and like how you guys got into things because as you said like not just for your kids but anybody can do it you know like you you can achieve but you mentioned when you step out of bed like mm-hmm. what do you what's your purpose i think a lot of people not that they don't have it they just haven't found it yet
0: yeah. it's really a hard thing it really is, and people get intimidated when we talk about the big why. They're like we don't know, and somebody says your why should make you cry, and it's it's not that simple. I mean, I mean, you know, it's a it's a constant journey to self discover what is important to you, and and um, but I love unlocking that for the people on our team because then I know we can all have the a big life, right? And whatever that means to put to them. Right. And um, one thing I, I I should mention as I'm thinking about it for people that might be listening, but Ke- uh, Keller Williams. We believe so firmly that anything is possible, that even the next great realtor isn't even in business right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have a free uh, real estate school that right. we offer. Yeah. So if anybody's interested in um, getting their real estate license, we can help provide them with that information and get them started. I mean, there is no other brokerage that really does give you that basis for training and education. Most, I mean, even when I went to re they were like, well, you need to have business before I go, well, where am I supposed to start? I mean, right. someone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And so I just, they I need really- need experience. Yeah, but they don't right, want to give it to you. right. But, well, I, it, yeah. it was like so confusing to me. I'm like, well, what, what do you do? So um, I wish I, you know, in a way I almost wish I would have started there. But that's one thing I really like about Colin Williams because we're always looking for the next great realtor because anything is possible and anybody can make it happen.
1: How do people get in contact with you guys?
0: Well, that is a great question. I would say, what do you think, Beth? What do you think, Hoselhomes at gmail? Hoselhomes at gmail? Or know, I would say just call.
1: 630 299 4459
0: is the number that you need Or like
1: just radio Or say, follow us. just call follow us on social media. Yeah, right on
2: social, social media. Yeah. Hoselhomes.com. Um, and on Instagram
0: hoselhomes.com because the yeah, thing is you're going right to spell hosel wrong yeah. it's yeah. just the thing so people, yeah.
2: people do goof up the pronunciation the spelling it's h-o-l-z-l <laughs> um, homes.com hosel um, yeah so
0: hosel <laughs> homies.
1: homies we're hosel yeah. homies that's yeah. right <laughs> um, follow them on um, Instagram and social media for sure Eddie Colin, good morning Cheryl Brownell, and happy Thursday to you too Maria Vasquez um, Linux Joseph Morning. And Mary says she's interested in the free class as oh, well. Oh, yeah, Mary. All right, good stuff, good stuff. Look us up. Um, so the time is 8.45 a.m. Uh, a couple mm. more things here. So what's the message to the seller right now?
0: Mm. <laughs> I love it because, well, I mean, we've been through a shifting market, and I learned yesterday, this was fascinating to me, that 84% um, of the National Association of Realtors right now. So 84% of realtors, they, they, they said that has never, realtors have never been through a buyer's market. <laughs> 84% seen, of realtors
1: have me- never been through a buyer's
0: yes, market? Yes. 84%. That was a NAR statistic yesterday. I thought, oh my gosh. And because, right, so the market goes up, it goes down. So that was probably 2008, right? Because we had, that was the crash mm-hmm. as I'm doing air quotes. Um, and then 2008, you know, the, it was it was a strong buyer's market for a long time. And then we slowly recovered, very, very slowly and steadily. Um, but, you know, the last three or four years, if you're new to real estate, all you know is that it is bananas, right? Like, oh, you like to, the listeners said, oh, there's no signs. You put it on and then the next day it sells. So there doesn't sometimes have to be a game plan. But what I saw that just drove me, like, just so mad was so many agents were like, oh, I sold it before it hit the market or... It's like you really, what we are so obsessed with is making sure that we don't leave any money on the table for our seller because in a market like this, it's kind of actually easy to do. So what we, our approach is that we turn over every single stone we possibly can to get the absolute most exposure and then make sure that the market is really driving the price to exactly what it should be for that seller and make it as seamless as possible. Um, Because the market and the price always do come together. It's just our job to make sure that we're, Getting that exposure and doing it the right way, and we have a really unique marketing plan. Um, I, 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 you know, of course, I'm. I feel really proud of what we do and how we do it, but I don't know many um, real estate teams that offer the, the services that we provide, um, complimentary, especially our staging program. Because what we've found is that buyers buy an emotion, and then they justify their decision on logic. And if you can't walk into a home and really feel that emotional connection and feel like, oh, I could raise my kids here, or this is, you know, it's, it's, you know, this is I'm downsizing and it's stressful, but this is a beautiful home and I feel like this could be mine, then you're not going to get them into a buying decision. And so what we do is really um, through our staging and we have a warehouse of inventory, we work to make sure that every home has the benefit of being of being perfect and and and. Putting its you know every room in its best light, and that way we know for sure that we're going to get top dollar for our, for our seller.
1: Hmm. Um, what is the what is what's the what was what what quality what characteristic does a person have to have to be consistent and successful in the industry?
0: mm well, I'm gonna let you talk to that because we were talking about that recently, but what I always say is the only thing constant is change. That's
1: true, I say that's yep, that's right.
0: And what I find is sometimes you know, and you know people have blinders on and they're kind of keeping their head down, and they're always doing the same things. and because growth is one of my core values, I'm always trying to figure out like where are the holes like, what are, we always talk on the team what what are you seeing out there where are the disconnects how can we connect right like you're going to be responsible for a lot of sixth grade relationships you know <laughs> you're getting you're bridging that gap with the you know with the yeah, you know yeah, with yeah. the i can just picture them on their little roller skates but um, <laughs>
1: selling homes to sixth graders
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that but that's the analogy right so um, so it's just important to like that we i started seeing the trend 6 7 years ago where the sellers were just like When they bought the the home, and they had a completely different mindset. Our buyers, I always joke, they have the checkbook, so we've got to kind of be, you know, we have to tune into what's important to the buyers, and um, the buyers are different than the sellers. The buyers are, they grew up in a different time. They were exposed to HGTV, and they don't have a lot of vision. right. They kind of need to have it presented to them, whereas back in the day, you know, buying a home was different. People had... They they took pride in the work that they would do in the house mm-hmm. and, and taking down the wallpaper or or doing the remodeling themselves. And our whole world has changed. Where you know we just don't we don't we weren't raised that way. We were right. so just understanding those trends and making sure that we're doing everything we can to bridge that gap. I mean that's the fun part for us. Like we just we love to sit around and talk about what can we do to do things different and mm-hmm. you know shake it up a little bit. So yeah, stand
1: out from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's really always asking that question of what can we change or do different without, you know, the, the saying of if it ain't broke, don't fix it mm-hmm. is, is, it's never not broken in real estate. There's always something that's happening on a sometimes even day to day basis where whether it's a certain property or our inventory that we're listing as a team or our processes need to change a little bit. So as much as we expect our clients to really buy into our process on the buying or selling side, um, it's important that, you know, people understand that we're always trying to get 1% better as a team every day and, like, stay knowledgeable and do those things because that's really where the industry eats people up in real estate. So, you know, the people that – it's not that people are lacking characteristics to be successful. It's, it's just staying kind of, like, a little bit of – if you ever, like, do, like, a cycle class, right? Mm-hmm. And, you're, you are know, the instructor saying, like, be ahead of the beat a little bit. Like, you're cycling faster than the beat itself that's kind of the mindset you need to have as a realtor is like you need Mm -hmm. to be going a little faster than the industry is right because as soon as the industry catches up to you they're gone Um, i'm training for a half marathon right now and like i as i train i envision people passing me yeah Um, and there's nobody around me i'm running through my neighborhood right so Uh it's that type of mindset and Mm -hmm. and figuring out you know just be a little bit ahead of the pace so that you're always one step ahead of things as much as they, you know, they get caught off guard all the time.
1: Yep. So I was having a similar conversation with a friend Tracy Duran asked about the news like I my my ear is constantly to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yeah. know it's bubbling. Yep. Yeah. Like it's like popcorn, right? Yeah. I hear cool. that first kernel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. I
1: hear the I hear the, Manali, I hear dude. the sizzle of the butter inside yeah. the bag Ooh. so I know it's going to pop. Like yeah. you got to you, you have to be one step um ahead but it also goes back to what you were talking about though here uh you gotta know your purpose like what are you when you wake up what am i trying to achieve mm-hmm. yeah what am i trying to achieve you know mm-hmm. um like this morning you know what i'm saying I got up super early like what am i trying to achieve here mm-hmm. what am i trying to do and we're yeah. doing it right now yeah. That coffee. How's the
0: coffee? We like the coffee. I mean, I complimented it. It's delicious. It's it's fabulous. And it's strong,
2: which I need. Shout out to Treadwell. Happy. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. How close is the market uh, analysis compared to the actual appraisal? The time is 8.52 a.m. Oh,
0: Chris. (laughs) I'll, I feel like I'm, you jump in on that one if you'd like. Yeah,
2: me. no, I mean the the so for our sellers out there, you know, every realtor has access to all the data to pull what's called a comparative market analysis or CMA or comps as everyone hears it. And right now, it's as critical as any time to look at not just what has closed because homes that listed in March and April and closed in May, early June were in a much different market than we are in today. Okay. So. It's important to see and those, those homes, um, for instance, you know working on a, a listing coming on in Batavia here uh, tomorrow. And you know the, the four or five homes that closed recently in the area are, were on the market for four or five days. Um, there's homes that are contingent right now in that same area that were actually on the market for five or six days. but again, they, they listed in uh, like a month ago. And that's actually a different market than we're in today. So you have to really look at all three pieces, which includes what's active on the market now. Um, unfortunately, when inventory is down, you don't have endless yeah. data and homes to look at and say, like, here's really the full puzzle. So there is a little there's no guesswork, but it's really pricing the home is is an art, not a science. And so how yeah. you present it is just as key. Um and okay, if you right. want to tack on to that.
0: Well, I was going to say with the appraisal, that's just been a hot topic, right? Yeah. <laughs> like very hot because the market is actually, you know, it's going up faster than we can catch it. So when, and we look to the past to determine what a reasonable buyer would pay for a similar home because an appraiser is going to look at closed comparables. They could really care less what was active on the market because who knows what that could actually mean. This is like they want data, real data. So as the market's going up and we're looking in the past, How do you really determine what the current market value is of a home? Right. Which is why, you know, we're so passionate about making sure that we do everything to um, push that price and push all the the activity and the exposure as high as we can to make sure we're getting that true price. Um, And oftentimes um, we'll ask the buyer if it goes above the price it's listed at, which happens, right? Because again, the market is going up, has been going up faster than we can, you know, close comps. We'll ask the buyer to, you know, maybe bridge that appraisal gap. But we have a lot of different things that we can do to kind of protect the seller from that. But and and you know, it's it's a hard industry when the appraisers are you know kind of scratching their heads just like we are. That's right. <laughs> you know, but one nice thing we were saying this yesterday, um, when things do cool, uh, whenever however that is, it will be nice not to be so concerned about appraisal because yeah. <laughs> it has been. You know, we're meeting an appraiser this morning at a property, and it's—you know—we bring them the baked cookies, and we, right. <laughs> you know, are you good? We bring yeah, us some water. So <laughs> yeah. We turn the air up yeah. in the house.
2: The Fraiser, my like, man. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true though, we um, and we've we seen, go. we've worked on, on you know, with with clients that have maybe gone through a home selling process that didn't land the way they wanted, and. We take, we step in and work with them, and really drive up the the price based on how we present mm-hmm. the home. But um, you know, the market can shift. I mean, we had a, a home in Aurora um, that actually the appraisal came in thirty thousand dollars higher about six weeks later, based on activity
1: yeah.
2: in the community that That's happened from when they were under contract to when they were under contract a second time. So oh, wow. it can happen super quick, and it can go into the seller's favor just as quickly as things could you know cool down a little bit and right. now you got to again find that balance between that appraiser's black and white view of just square footage, beds, baths, condition, etc because they again they're looking at just the they have forms they have to fill in right. yeah. you know there yeah. is right. no free there's, just there's no emotional a, yes. there's no narrative to Bounce write to it's to just check. how many square feet and how much is that compared to the comps right. and so um it's and they submit it through three or four different sets of eyes uh pass an appraiser review it and approve it so it's not just one person's opinion you know it's you know you can't just you know
0: yeah it's hard we throw have blinders on and guess prepared, so. too, to you know appraisers like we don't care if there's a bidding war some some appraisers had said that and now as, as things are evolving they will, you know, they'll say, "Oh, well, maybe we'll, you know, that's could be a, something to help, like weigh things." So we would prepare, of course, a spreadsheet, <laughs> show people, this is, show them, this is how many offers we had, and just to try to illustrate right. the demand. Sure. So it's been an interesting ride, but we, it's well, it's it's fun and, and you know, crazy all wrapped up in one. Sure.
1: Well, if you're like me, the, the craziness makes it. You know, like the danger. I like the, I I, I, I like it. I, 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 gosh, I love it. Um, Lisa, that's right. Uh, Tomorrow, the Marine Corps League Auxiliary, or the Five River Valley, will be our guests on Good Morning Awards. Tomorrow's going to be a very patriotic day for you all tomorrow. Kelly Joseph Aneno, hope I got your name right. Good morning to you. Betty Patesh Weaver, morning. And Landa Marie Midgley. The time is 8.57 a.m., the show ends on a positive note. Mm-hmm. What is your message today? Or we won't just do the people of Aurora, the whole Kane County. Mm-hmm. Would you guys like to? Whoever wants to start it off, Carrie. I, I, oh. I can see it right here. You, I, I think you're going to start. You guys. Well, you it.
0: know, I I love that you're asking this because you know we create our the the, the world that we live in, right? Mm-hmm. And it's up to us to decide. So I was telling my kids, I, I always want to. Um, start their day on a positive note. And they're really irritated with me telling them this, but life is whatever you call it. So, you know, there's this analogy once of a, that I read in a book about these two um, umpires, and they were training, right? They were, like, um, going to umpire training. And this master umpire said to the one, how do you call a strike? And the first umpire said, oh, it's, you know, it has to be, up, you know, above the knees and below, the, you know, and went through the whole thing. And then the other umpire said, oh, no, it's kind of more like a gut feeling. I've been doing it so long. Like, mm-hmm. I know the master umpire said, you're actually both wrong. He said, it ain't a strike, till you call it. Oh, I like that. As a that's former right. umpire, I like yes. that. I haven't that's heard right. that before. I'm like, right,
2: right. and
0: my there. kids are like, oh, mom, the umpire again. I go, hey, right. I go, you, you just made the decision to paint your reality in a negative way. Why don't you just, why don't you take the word can't and, and replace it with a different word? Right. right. And and that's the beauty of our lives, right? We, we are very blessed on this earth, so we decide how we're going to Naked it, an, and honestly, anything is possible.
1: Right. That's right. We'll say it.
0: And I, sure. I will
2: say, not to go too deep on this, but obviously there's a lot going on in the world right now, specifically in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and We're walking into Fourth of July weekend, and I remember someone long ago when I first got into the working world had said, if you ever want to get fired up in the morning, as you're driving into the office, count how many American flags you see.
0: Ooh, that's um, a good one. And
2: this weekend will be there's no better time to count the amount of American flags you see and I think everyone's got you know just mixed emotions and everything that's going on in the country right now Um, but trying to get back to the roots of family everyone gets together around this time takes a little time off work or goes away Um, use it as a time it's the middle of summer for kids before they go back to school so use it as a time to come together um, I think would be um, you know just the best use of people over the next uh, you know long weekend
0: I
1: can hardly Um, wait which will be a great time to very recharge. Well said. Sure. Very well said. Will you guys be working the whole weekend, or will you be taking some time off? Oh
0: well, you are going.
1: out I'm
2: town. out of here. I'm going to <laughs> South Carolina tomorrow morning. Okay. So, all right. Uh, mm-hmm. My first trip with an almost two year old. Although we did fly once a year ago, but it'll be a different experience. So we'll see how he does. I so love fingers it. crossed.
1: Well, we wish you the very best, <laughs> you and the family, Thank you South Carolina. <laughs> um. Okay. So that's uh. It's nine o'clock. Well, wow. we hope that you guys have a. Beautiful day today. Have a positive day. Have an uplifting day. Uh, And we're going into our 4th of July weekend here as well. Don't forget that our friends of the American Legion Post 84 have a car show um, this Sunday on LaSalle Street. Historic Auto Road. So come on out there. Lineup starts at 9. Awards are presented at 2.30 p.m. Great stuff. Uh, On behalf of Good Morning Aurora, thank you to our friends of Ozil Homes. Uh, In the post that we make after with our description, we'll have their um, link and everything, and follow them on Instagram. Take care of yourself and each other.